When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Welcome to the Montana State Athletics Bobcat Insider Podcast. This is your home for all things Montana State Athletics. Welcome back and thanks for tuning in to the only podcast dedicated to all things Montana State University. From football to golf, cross country and hoops, we've got you covered. Whether you're listening online at msubobcats.com or you're subscribed to iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify or iHeartRadio. We're glad you joined us. I'm Jason Alvin, your host for this episode of the Bobcat Insider. With crossover season in full effect in Bozeman, the weekends continue to be full of Bobcat athletic events. As volleyball went out on the road to try to clinch a Big Sky tournament berth, men's and women's basketball kicked off their home seasons inside the Brick Breeden Fieldhouse, and football traveled to Greeley, Colorado in search of their second straight win. After an impressive performance that fell just short against number 17 in the nation, Utah State, to open the season, the Montana State men's basketball team made their way to the Brick Breeden Fieldhouse under first-year head coach Danny Sprinkle. The Cats welcomed the Rocky Mountain Battling Bears to town and wasted little time improving these Cats are able to bounce back after a tough loss. They used an 11-0 scoring burst to start the game that was highlighted by a lob from Harold Frey to Devin Kirby. Frey bringing it up the left side. Bobcats moving right to left. Frey into the paint, lob. Kirby, big time dunk and finish. And the Bobcats push the lead to 11 nothing. Then it was time for some of the Bobcat newcomers to get in on the action as Amin Adamu turned his defense into some offense. As Bello knocks down the free throw, 26 to 10. Adamu steals the inbounds pass and he's going to flush it down to make it 28 to 10. After Rocky Mountain had cut the lead to nine, freshman Zach Hobbs was able to connect from long range for Montana State. 
Fernandez touches it in the high post. He kicks it to Hobbs in the corner. He's going to fire three, and you can ring it up. Zach Hobbs with his first career three-pointer. And the Bobcats, 37. Bears now, 25. Finally, Devin Kirby punctuated the first half with another dunk on an assist by Michael Paulo. Bobcats bring it up. Michael Paulo has it. He drives in. Little lob. Devin Kirby with the one-handed flush. Fantastic reach as he goes way above the rim and puts the Bobcats up 39-25. The Cats went into the half with a 44-31 lead as Michael Paulo paced MSU with 11 first-half points. And then it was all Cats in the second half as the lead would swell to the final margin of 33 on two different occasions. First, it was Layden Ricketts to connect from long range for Montana State, his first bucket of the game. Layden Ricketts is going to get the inbound in the deep corner, and that is butter. Don't give Layden Ricketts that kind of look. He's going to make that every time. And the Bobcats push the lead back to 16. Ricketts would strike again two possessions later after Harold Frey connected for MSU from long range. Ricketts made it three straight possessions with a triple. Is going to the rim. He finds Ricketts in the corner. Three ball and ring it up again. Bobcats, three threes and three possessions. And they're up 55-33. And the lead balloons to 22 points. As you heard, this three put the Cats up 22. And it was showtime the rest of the way. Junior college transfer Jabrell Bello announced his presence for Montana State with a huge dunk on the interior. Frey brings it up, looking for Bello. Bello in transition with the flush. Two-handed flush, and the Bobcats go back up 21-64-43. A few moments later, it was Bello once again. Hobbs has it on the wing, gets a ball screen from Fernandez. Now the ball inside to Bello. Oh, my goodness. With some authority over two Rocky Mountain players, Bello just caught it in the post, rose up and flushed it on two guys. Bobcats up 68-43. The junior college transfer with time for team high scoring honors with Michael Paulo with 16 points for the Cats as they cruise to the 93-63 victory over the Battling Bears. The Cats had seven players score eight or more points, shot 52% from the floor and 46% from long range. Fresh off his 34-point performance against Utah State, Harold Frey nearly had a triple-double as he registered 12 points, six rebounds, eight assists, and four steals. Brian Preby caught up with head coach Danny Sprinkle after his first win as the Bobcat head coach. Back on the postgame show, Coach Danny Sprinkle joins us. 93-60, Coach, congratulations. Win number one is in the books. Win number one. Hey, we'll take it. I'll take any win possible. So We were kind of joking before we came back on the air. If he retires now, he's undefeated all time at home. At it's, home, uh, hey, exactly. It's a good thing. Hey, I, and, I, and I looked it up earlier today because I was just curious. Uh, you are now just, just barely 255 wins away from Mick Durham. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, if I end up coaching as long as Mick did here, I'll be a very blessed person. <laughs> I yeah. I hope that's the case, and yeah. I hope that that number goes down. And I'll tell you right now, if Mick was sitting here, he hopes that number exactly. goes down too. Exactly. So great game. Uh, one of the things that, you know, you have emphasized with this squad in practice, day after day after day is defense. You, you know for this team to be successful, they're going to have to guard and You've played now two games against Utah State. You held them to 38% from the field. Tonight, 39% for Rocky Mountain. And you held Utah State to 33% from the three-point line. Tonight, Rocky Mountain, 32. Got to like those numbers. 
getting things going. Yep. I mean, that's our goal. Our goal is to keep the uh, the opposition under 40% from the field. And we want to keep them under 30 from three. Um, obviously, you know, Rocky hit some big shots tonight. You know, they had a, a bank three. Uh, you know, the big boy, he hit a couple really deep ones. The, or the boy. Uh, sorry, his last name. Um, but, he, you know, that's what they do. You know, they've hit 16, I think, in a couple of their, you know, games before they played us. And so, you know, I was proud of our guys, though, you know, especially at, at halftime, you know, they were shooting 48%. And uh, they went they went through a streak there the last ten minutes of the first half where, you know, it was our defense was unacceptable and uh, we let them know that. But you know they came out you know the first four minutes and, and really established our defensive mindset again. Yeah, they did a nice job. And you forced twenty six turnovers. Some of that has to do with competition, level of play, and size and athleticism, all those things. But one of the things you're seeing with this team is when they get a stop, whether it's a defensive rebound or a turnover, they know what to do with it going the other way. You're getting some really good things in transition. We are, and that's the best time to score. You know, is when you get a stop and you have numbers, uh, and especially when you got somebody like Harold, you know, pushing the break. He's always going to make the right decision. And uh, but I thought Michael Paulo was tremendous in transition tonight. Uh, you know, this game was his best consistently. You know, for the 40 minutes. You know, I thought the first half he was great, and I thought in the second half he was great. Uh, you know, and I think in the second half too. You know, Layden Ricketts hitting those threes was huge. You know, he really broke the game open early. Yeah, he had three threes and three possessions right there. And and going back to Michael Paulo, uh, you know, th- that was one of the big questions for your squad back in summertime, early fall workouts was who's going to back up Harold? Because Harold's going to play a lot of minutes. We all know yeah. that, but he can't play 40, and he needs relief. And and there's nights where he might be in foul trouble, whatever. Michael Paul is stepping into that role really nicely. He is, you know, he's 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 our you know our secondary ball handler. Uh, he's good coming off ball screens. He, he's he's really fast. You know, he's he's light as a feather out there, and you know sometimes his speed is deceptive because he just he kind of just feathers in between people. But you know he, he can really add another dimension to our team. Uh, you know, especially and with Almond too. You know, with with those two, their athleticism. You know, we got We got to use their speed to our advantage. Yeah, the other guy who really stands out tonight is Jabril again. He stood yep. out the other night. He stands out tonight. You know, he just misses a double double again. Athleticism in the paint, relentlessness on the glass. You got to be excited about him, especially because he's only a sophomore. Yeah, you know, he, uh, well, exactly. It's awesome that we have him for three straight years. Uh, you know, and, and he's he seems to get better every week. Uh, he he is really really physical and he's tough inside. Um, you know, I thought he should have probably had twenty two and twelve tonight. You know, he has been sick the last two days. You know, he got really sick when we came back from Utah State, so he hasn't practiced. Uh, he just kind of came today, uh, but you know kudos to him you know he fought through it and you know sometimes playing's the best the best medicine but you know he, he's he's a tremendous player we'll let you get out of here coach you've got a busy week ahead three games in three days followed by a day of travel and then a fourth game and a fifth day so go get this yep, team four ready games and in five days against against four really really good opponents so yeah. we, we gotta we gotta keep improving montana state men's basketball now readies itself for three games in three days down in greensboro north carolina While head coach Danny Sprinkle was registering his first win as a Bobcat head coach, the Bobcat volleyball team was registering their first road sweep of an opponent since 2011. Montana State started the road trip against the Eastern Washington Eagles, and the Cats jumped out to a dominant first set, hitting 303 and winning the set 25-17. Eastern Washington would bounce back by winning set number two 25-20, and the two teams would trade punches in set number three. But ultimately, the Cats would prevail 25-23. Leading two sets to one and looking to close out the Eagles, Montana State blistered the Nets, hitting 471 with 19 kills and just three errors in set number four. 
The Cats were halfway to the sweep after knocking off Eastern Washington in four sets. Montana State would then head to Idaho, a team they beat for the first time in 29 years earlier in the season, looking to improve their standing in the Big Sky Conference. Idaho sat in second place in the league at 8-5, and five, heading into Saturday's showdown with the Bobcats. But it was the Cats that would make their statement in the first two sets. Montana State would have 32 kills and just three errors through the first two sets, including a perfect side-out percentage in set number two. Montana State would then finish off the host Vandals, winning in Moscow for the first time since November 3rd, 1989. It was the first sweep of Idaho since the 70s. In the win, Alyssa Rizzo would become the third player in Big Sky history to record 2,000 digs in her career. Evie Wilson was named the Big Sky Player of the Week for her efforts, notching 19 and 15 kills, respectively, for MSU. Montana State head coach Daniel Jones reflected on the weekend for his squad, who now sits in fourth in the conference, headed into their final two home matches. So recap from the weekend, obviously great to get two, two really good road wins. Um, I think Eastern Washington is definitely an underrated team right now, and they're playing really tough volleyball. And it goes to show when you beat Sac State at Sac State the weekend before, I think um, you know Eastern Washington's a team that's, that's on the way up. So really happy to get out of there with a four-set win. Um, and then obviously could not be more happy with, with getting out of Idaho with a three-set win. Um, and I think Tom was texting us after the match. It's, it's been a long time since, we, since we've beaten them over there. And, uh, and I think 1989 was thrown around. And there was, was there a 1970 in there or something? I don't know. There was something about we didn't, hadn't beaten them in a sweep since 1976. And I was finally able to tell the team I wasn't even alive then because they all keep telling me how they weren't alive the last time we did some of these things, and it was my turn. Um, but, yeah, just, just thrilled on the weekend, thrilled on the, the progress. And, and really, it's, it's, uh, it's a culmination of, of, uh, of a, a number of things. What, what you're seeing is a group who, who are determined to go out and, and, uh, and, and leave this program better than they found it. And um, as a result, they, they, they're attacking practice like no other right now. Um, they know they're on the cusp of something special. And uh, they're doing the work to, to prove it to the, to the conference and to, to everyone around here. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun right now. Idaho game, uh, set two. Ever been part of a 100% side-out game? Uh, ever seen that before? I, I've seen it. I've seen a 100% side-out game. And, and uh, you know, to, just for those who don't understand, siding out is when we receive the ball we, we rate on a percentage. If we receive 13, what percentage of those do we convert into a point? And in that match, we had 13 out of 13 in set two, um, which is 100% siding out. I, I've seen it statistically on paper. I've never witnessed it live, and I've never coached a team who's done it. So it was, it was pretty darn impressive. Um, you know, when you got all three pin hitters hitting over 300, um, you know, you, you're in for a good night. And then you had we had our medals chipping in at 250 apiece as well. And... Um, you know, we just we were able to get ourselves in system a lot, like I talk about regularly, um, and we're able to keep them out of system by, by taking smart, aggressive swings. It was, it was fun volleyball. It was, you know, we talk about bobcat volleyball and what that looks like, and you could run set two and you say, "This is bobcat volleyball." Uh, Jordan Klein, just how would you describe her as a player? Exciting. <laughs> we keep pinching ourselves. We, you know, the plan has been to redshirt Jordan all along. We, that was that was part of the recruiting pitch to Jordan is come here, we'll develop you, we'll redshirt you. And um, I don't want to say too much, but I think we're sitting on a gold mine, honestly. Um, you know, she's doing things in the gym right now that we can't stop. And uh, it's pretty exciting when you go 
possibly some of the you know two of the better outside hitters in the conference, and you've got a redshirt freshman who's doing things that are better than what they're doing. <laughs> um, so it, it makes me you know full of hope and full of anticipation and excitement about what next fall will bring for Jordan. Um, you know, and uh, really just you know we we put a lot of value on the spring. Um, in terms of development of these young women and, and their, their abilities as athletes. And I think what we're going to see out of Jordan is, is an exponential amount of growth. Um, she's, she's, and she's just the best person ever. <laughs> so it's pretty cool to have those kind of kids in your gym. I don't want to say too much. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie was named Offensive Player of the Week um, after her performance, 19 and 15 kills. Uh, yeah. Talk a little bit about her weekend and what she was able to do. Yeah, I, you know, talk about a goldmine of a kid. I mean, Evie Wilson, you know, if, if you'd asked me what her career was going to look like two or three years ago, I would not have predicted where she's at this week, um, or even this season. You know, she's just crushing it. Um, I think my quote to Tom was she had herself a weekend, and she sure did. I think she hit 390, 395 on the weekend, which are otherworldly numbers. And to, to come away with, uh, you know, like, what is that, 35, close to 40 kills on, on two matches. Um, couldn't be, could not be more deserving of that accolade of Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Week. Um, yeah, I, I haven't got enough good things to say about our whole senior class. I mean, Sydney, Evie, Rizzo, just phenomenal young women who uh, who put their heart and soul into making this program better. And and it's it's just so for me as a coach when I get to sit back in a match and just watch them work and perform at the level that I know they can. I got the best job in the world. Um, you know, they're, they're just out there doing their thing and to see Evie do her thing just at such a high level and with such a passion and enthusiasm and, and aggression. She's a special kid and uh, there's no doubt we'll miss her and as, as we will with Sydney and Rizzo as well. Yeah. Rizzo getting some more big numbers up on the board. Just seeing her hit another, another one of those, what was that like? Uh, you know, she's a milestone maker, that kid. Um... I, I, what's she at for the year, Tom? Do you know? What was that? What's she at for the year, digs-wise? She's uh, second all-time in single season. So she's second to herself. <laughs> um, you know, with a chance of maybe maybe bettering it. I haven't looked at the numbers closely enough. Yeah, it'll be close. And, um, you know, to, to top the 2,000 digs mark, when you look at, like, nationally, what is a benchmark of a great libero, 2,000 dig career digs is a big deal, like huge deal. Um, if you look at, um, I'm going to use a, a direct comparison, BYU's libero, uh, Mary Lake, is considered the best libero in the country. She just got the all-time dig record at BYU in her senior season of 1,790-something. So Rizzo's clear 200, 250 ahead of her. Um, different conference, different level, no doubt about it. But the ability to get the ball up off the ground is the same whatever le- level you're playing at. And... Um, you know, for Rizzo to be setting these benchmarks is, is considerable and, and, it's, and it's of national significance in my mind. So it's, it's pretty neat to see a, a young woman from Illinois come all this way, battle her way into a, into a starting role and, and find her way through the nursing program and still do what she's doing. It's, it's pretty significant and special. With Bobcat Volleyball on the road, the action kept rolling inside the Brick Breeden Fieldhouse as the Bobcats women's basketball team officially opened up their season on Friday against the UC Davis Aggies and played host to the Carroll College Fighting Saints on Veterans Day. 
Friday night matched the UC Davis Aggies, a team that had won three straight Big West Conference championships and a trip to the NCAAs a season ago, and the Montana State Bobcats, a team looking to return to the NCAA tournament for the first time since the 2016-2017 season. UC Davis got on the scoreboard first, but preseason All-Big Sky Conference MVP Fallon Freegie wasted little time putting the Bobcats up with a three from the left wing. The two teams would play to a stalemate midway through the first quarter, tied at eight, as Montana State would go to their bench, and Blair Braxton responded with a bucket for MSU. This ignited an 11-4 run to end the quarter, and Montana State led 19-12 after the first 10 minutes. As the Cats transitioned into the second quarter, things would get heated up from long range as a three by Oleana Squires pushed the lead to 18. After trading buckets for a couple of minutes, the Cats got a spark once again off the bench, this time from junior Tori Martell, as she connected on a triple to put the Cats up 23. The Bobcats would lead 47-28 at the intermission, and they continued to push the pace in the third quarter. Freshman Darian White was able to hit her first career three in the third as she led all scorers for Montana State with 15 points. The Bobcats would go back to the steady veteran Martell once again and hit the lead to 28, the largest of the contest for MSU. UC Davis would make a fourth quarter run and cut the Bobcat lead to eight with 2.33 to play, but a Darian White jumper pushed the lead back to double digits, and the Cats would win by 12. 77-65, the final. Montana State notched their first victory of the season. The Bobcats wouldn't have much time to enjoy the victory as they prepared for Frontier Conference power Carroll College. The Fighting Saints, ranked number seven in the NAIA polls, came to Bozeman on Monday. Not only was it a two-day turnaround, but it was the third annual Bobcat School Day, where 6,596 fans showed up for the event. Once again, Montana State wasted little time in getting out of the gates as Martha Cooter got the Bobcat offense rolling. Rebound controlled by Martha Cooter. She's going to push the tempo. Left wing to Darian White. White picked up by Camden Hillborn, looking inside for Blair Braxton. Martha Cooter guarded all the way up to the limb with the left hand scoop shot it in. Good penetration there by Martha Cooter. And the Bobcats lead 8-2. After going 5-for-5 five five against UC Davis, Tori Martell once again came off the bench and immediately lit a spark in the Bobcat offense. Looking inside for Cole of Bad Bear. She's creating space. Martell's going to fire the first three for Montana State. And she stays hot for the Bobcats. She hasn't missed this season. 4-for-4 four for, for Tori Martell. That's her first of the contest. 15-7 the score. The Bobcats' sharpshooting junior wasn't done just yet as a couple possessions later, she struck again. Floater in the lane, no good. Cooter there on the offensive glass for Montana State. Martell wide open, three ball. Got it for Montana State. It was a trio of trifectas for Martell in the second quarter as the Bobcat junior from Somerset, Wisconsin, Buried another one from long range for MSU. Tries to use the screen of Braxton, instead finds Blair who kicks it out to Martell. Martell wants another one, got another one for Montana State. 38-9, to Tori Martell is cooking for the Bobcats. Montana State was firing on all cylinders in front of the raucous crowd when Martha Cooter hit a step back three to extend the lead to 34. Cooter lets a deep three fly for Montana State, and it's good. And it's a 45-11 game here in Bozeman. The Bobcats led 45-13 at the half, and after another spectacular first half in which they shot 50% from the floor and held the Fighting Saints to just four points in the second quarter, Montana State was ready to blow this one out. The second half, however, was a polar opposite of the first half for the Bobcats 
as the Carroll College Fighting Saints came out with some full-court pressure, and the Cats struggled to find any offensive rhythm. Luckily for the Cats, their defense was up to the challenge. Underneath to Garrett. Garrett tries to go to work against Braxton. Braxton stands her ground and rejects Maddie Garrett's out of bounds. It'll stay with Carroll. Montana State senior Fallon Freegi, playing just her third game for the Bobcats, had her best day in an MSU uniform as she had 13 points, nine rebounds, and two assists. None prettier than the one to a cutting Martha Cooterer. Cooter sets behind the ball screen, finds Freegi. Freegi pumps on the three, wants to drive, shuttles underneath to a cutting Cooter who scoops it up and in with the right hand. Nice find from Fallon Freegi to Martha Cooterer. And then the favor was returned to Fallon Freegi as she was found in transition from Darian White. Smith has it, she shuttles ahead to Darian White. White threads the needle to Freegi with the left hand. What a pass, what a finish for the Bobcat freshman to senior for Montana State, 52-23. Montana State improved to 2-0 after the big win against Carroll, 67-33. These were the head coach's thoughts after her team's win against the Fighting Saints. We are back here on the Bobcat Radio Network, joined now by head coach Trisha Binford. And coach, really, again, in the first half, you guys jumped out early. I thought you set the tempo in those first two quarters, got the big lead, and then they turned up the pressure a little bit in that second half and forced you into some miscues. Well, really disappointed on how we responded from the first time that they pressed. Um, and I just talked about it with uh, our starting lineup. We have to have a better start in our third quarters. Uh, we can't get caught up in what the scoreboard says. We have to be about process uh, every time. Uh, loved our execution in the first half. I thought we got really lackadaisical in the second half. And so we're going to have to build off of that. You know, if, uh, if you get a big lead, you got to still be able to be yourself and be still well-oiled. And uh, credit to Carroll that they came out and they really competed. And I thought they got the hustle plays in the second half. First half, Tori Martell again comes off the bench and really ignites a spark for you guys offensively. I thought our bench right now is uh, bringing all things to the table. Uh, Tori's been fantastic. I think she's just getting really confident out there on both ends of the floor. I think she's getting a lot more confident with the ball in her hands. Not only, uh, she's not now defined as just a shooter. I think she's a playmaker right now for us. And then you get the spark of Blair Braxton coming in, Maddie Jackson coming in. We just got this bench that's bringing us such a lift uh, in a lot of different areas right now. Uh, I love the, the fact that we're not losing a beat. We're getting a lot of energy. We're getting a lot of contributions. But we just got to be a lot more solid for a complete game. You get a little bit of a break here until you play next Sunday against MSU Northern. What are you guys going to do for this week of practice to kind of prepare for Northern? Yeah, I think this is a week you have to really reflect on. Is there anything else? What do we need to have in? Um, because we're going to have a stretch coming up where we're not going to have a lot of time to do that. It's going to be more scout-oriented. So this really needs to be a week about us. What do we need to get better at? What we, we need to shell? Uh, what, we, what do we need to execute? And is there's anything new we need to be putting in? So we'll reflect on that. We're going to get them tomorrow off to, to get their legs back underneath them. Uh, but then we're going to go back and really build off of this great defensive night for us. So uh, most solid game there, but uh, I think we can do, even do better. While the Montana State women's hoops team was just getting their season started, the Bobcat football team was headed to Greeley, Colorado to try to earn their second consecutive victory and in a game-by-game -game scenario, a must-win mentality. The Cats were facing another team fresh off a victory against the Idaho State Bengals in the Northern Colorado Bears, and it was just the second win of the year for UNC and gave them a little bit of momentum heading into this showdown with Montana State. The Bears' momentum was short-lived, however, as Montana State would march down the field on the opening drive as Tyrone Marshall ripped off a 37-yard run to set the Cats up in prime real estate. 
Lane something in the back of the backfield. Tyrone Martian in jet motion. He gets the handoff, and he's got some green grass. He's across midfield. He's across the 40. Stiff arms, a defender. He's on the loose. Tyrone Marshall tracked down from behind inside the Case IH red zone. A big run by Tyrone Marshall. A few plays later, the Cats went deep into the playbook for the first touchdown of the contest. Anderson with R.J. Fitzgerald flanked to his right. Fitzgerald, lead block, a little jump pass to Jason Scrimpos, <laughs> and it's a Montana State touchdown. The Bears would respond and make a big play on defense as Brooks Talkington intercepted a Tucker Rovig pass and returned the pick for a touchdown, even in the score at seven. After that play, however, it was all Bobcats. In a true next-man-up type game, the rest of the offensive unit stepped up for MSU. With Montana State inside the red zone, Lady Luck bounced the Bobcat way as a deflected pass ended up ricocheting right into the hands of Derek Snell for his second touchdown in two games. Second down and eight. Looking over the middle, passes incomplete. No, it's caught for a touchdown. It was tipped, and Derek Snell comes up with it. Two straight games for Snell with a touchdown for Montana State. The score put the Cats up 14-7, and they would extend the lead with a 44-yard Tristan Bailey field goal to 17-7. After another forced three and out by the Bobcat defense, MSU went 42 yards in three plays as Troy Anderson scored what could have been the easiest touchdown of his career as he went untouched for 11 yards and the Bobcat touchdown. Troy Anderson back in at quarterback for the Bobcats. Ball on the right hash at the 11-yard line. Play fake to Willie Patterson. Troy Anderson's going to walk into the end zone for Montana State. His sixth rushing touchdown of the year. The Bobcats would take the 24-7 lead into the locker room and get the ball coming out of the half. Logan Jones wasted no time in putting Montana State in scoring position as he ripped off a 57-yard run on the first play of the second half. After a 12-yard gain by Kevin Cassis set Montana State up at the UNC one-yard line, Logan Jones finished what he started. As they fake it, they're going to pitch it out to Logan Jones, and he's in a foot race to the corner, and Jones breaks a tackle and scores for Montana State. The Bobcat defense would continue its domination of the Bears and force another three and out. Montana State's offense would stall out after three plays, however, and instead punt the ball back to the Bears. Montana State special teams unit saw something it liked, and Callahan O'Reilly turned back the clock to his quarterback playing days as he raced 73 yards on a fake punt to put the Cats up 38-7. to Montana State's going to run a fake punt. Callahan O'Reilly has it. He's got a lot of green. He's down the field. He's at the 50, 45. Call clause block. Callahan O'Reilly turning on the Jets. He's at the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Callahan O'Reilly. Are you kidding me for Montana State? With Northern Colorado threatening once again, JoJo Henderson would intercept his second pass of the season to end the bear drive. Third down and four. Nip play action. He throws across the middle, batted up, and is it intercepted along the far side? He got it. He got it. JoJo Henderson comes up with the interception. As the game clock moved to the fourth quarter, Montana State would put an exclamation point on another dominant Bobcat victory as Lane Sumner raced around right edge to find Pater. Jones to the right of Bauman, Sumner to the left. Handoff Lane Sumner. He goes around right side. Lane Sumner races into the end zone for a Montana State touchdown. Lane Sumner's third touchdown in the last two games. Northern Colorado would tack on a late touchdown to make the final score 42-14. to 
But in total, Montana State rushed for the third most yards in program history with 451, breaking the Nottingham Stadium record along the way. Logan Jones led the way with 122, but five Bobcats finished with more than 60 yards on the ground, including Jones, Sumner, Tyrone Marshall, Callahan O'Reilly, and Divine Tullis. This pushed the Bobcats to 7-3 on the year and 4-2 in the Big Sky Conference. These were head coach Jeff Choate's thoughts on Tuesday afternoon at his weekly press conference on his team's victory against Northern Colorado. Well, I appreciate you guys pushing things back a day. Uh, nobody wanted to be listening to 7,000 screaming youngsters uh, while we were trying to get this done. So um, it was an interesting day at work. But uh, got some stuff done in the afternoon, pushed things back a little bit. Obviously, uh, we're appreciative of the day off because the sacrifices are so many, and I want to recognize our veterans. Um, you know, I come from a military family and um, just have so much respect for uh, the sacrifices that those individuals have made, and uh, very appreciative that I get to do this. And I remind our young men on a regular basis that there was generations of young men that did not get that opportunity uh, and now do because of the sacrifices of others. So uh, tip the hat to our veterans. Um, coming off the um, UNC game, you know, just I really feel like it was a complete game. I think our, our defense executed the game plan almost to perfection, uh, try to defend the run with a light box, be able to take away the RPO windows for the slants, um, you know, catch tackle. They're going to get their, they're going to throw the ball and they're going to catch it. But we had to be great open field tacklers and minimize and limit gains. And when they took their shots down the field, uh, they needed to be about 25% on those. And they were under that. And so uh, I think it was a very, very, um, well-designed game plan by Kane and our defensive staff and a well-executed game plan by our defensive players. Um, on the offensive side, again, uh, I thought an awesome game plan in terms of, you know, you look at a, a Northern Colorado team and you think, okay, this, you know, they're a struggling team, but you look at them week in and week out and they are who they are. Nobody runs the ball between the tackles on them. Very stout defense on the interior uh, of their defensive line. Their inside linebackers are active physical players, uh, but there were some soft spots on the edges. And so for us to be able to, to uh, exploit that early, and, uh, and then counter punches we talked about going on, uh, going on as the game went on, uh, worked out well for us. Very proud of the way our guys responded. Um, and uh, even after, you know, throwing a pick six and spotting them seven when it's seven, seven, our guys just kind of right back at it. Let's go to work. And then uh, the opening drive of the second half where we, uh, we, we did hit an inside run play for a, for a chunk play. And I think that's when the guys started believing like, oh, that was our counter punch. Let's get going. And then we kind of put them away with the fake punt. And so, uh, you know, Hard fought, good team win, tough environment to play in, proud of the way our guys got going, and now uh, you know, now in, uh, a bigger game this week in terms of the, the quality of the opponent that we're playing. Um, I've never been to uh, UC Davis Health Stadium. I have been to Davis, California a couple of times, but not spent much time on campus at all, never been around the stadium, but I understand it's a really nice venue. Uh, should be a beautiful day for football, and we've got a great opponent. Those were head coach Jeff Choate's thoughts about the Northern Colorado victory. Stay tuned. Later this week is Zach Mackey previews the matchup with the UC Davis Aggies. We appreciate you joining us on the Bobcat Insider.
You've been listening to the Bobcat Insider. Be sure to stay up to date with all things Montana State Athletics by visiting msubobcats.com and by following the Cats on social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using the handle msubobcats. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Bobcat Sports Network.